0: Shout the message, don't hold back. Say to my people Israel, you've sinned, you've turned against the Lord. Day after day you worship Him and seem eager to learn His teachings. You act like a nation that wants to do right by obeying His laws. You ask Him about justice and, you, and say you enjoy worshiping the Lord. You wonder why the Lord pays no attention when you go without eating and act humble. But on those same days that you give up eating... You think only of yourselves and abuse your workers. You even get angry and ready to fight. No wonder God won't listen to your prayers. Do you think the Lord wants you to give up eating and act as humble as a bent over bush? Or to dress in sackcloth and sit in ashes? Is this really what he wants on a day of worship? I'll tell you what it really means to worship the Lord. Remove the chains of prisoners who are chained unjustly. Free those who are abused. Share your food with everyone who is hungry. Share your home with the poor and homeless. Give clothes to those in need. Don't turn away your relatives. Then your light will shine like the dawning sun and you will quickly be healed. Your honesty will protect you as you advance and the glory of the Lord will defend you from behind when you beg the lord for help he will answer here i am don't mistreat others or falsely accuse them or say something cruel give your food to the hungry and care for the homeless then your light will shine in the dark your darkest hour will be like the noonday sun the lord will always guide you and provide good things to eat when you are in the desert he will make you healthy You'll be like a garden that has plenty of water, or like a stream that never runs dry. You'll rebuild those houses left in ruin for years. You'll be known as a builder and repairer of city walls and streets. May these words from Isaiah be waters to our dry land. Hello and welcome to the Electio Cascadia podcast. My name is Brandon Rhodes, and I'm glad you're here. Thank you, as always, for the music to uh, uh, Kevin McLeod at Incompetech. Now, unless this is your first episode, you'll notice that I've changed the theme music. It's because today is the first day of a new season, and how people of the Jesus story mark time. It's called Lent, and it's 40 days of preparation leading up to the highest holy day on that sacred calendar, Easter Sunday. Lent is a solemn, contemplative time, reenacting the Jesus story together. In this case, as we embody Jesus after his transfiguration, turning Jesus turning after the transfiguration to his people's capital, occupied Jerusalem, to move steadily and inexorably toward his own execution by the empire. We live into that story as our own. Lent is traditionally a time also of practicing some form of fast, of a holy discipline of self-denial for all days but Sunday in the week. Which is why today's reading from the top Jewish prophet, uh, Isaiah, is so important. It opens up so many great questions. Uh, You know, basic ones. What is the point of religious observance? Why do soulful people gather and do things together? Why are religious people so fixated on self-denial? Do they hate being human? What does any of this have to do with real life? Does ultimate reality, the ground of being, God, Christ consciousness, does it care at all about anything like fasting? So yeah, like, you know, just light, light reading. Pretty easy fare. (laughs) Um, So this oracle from Isaiah seems pretty fed up with how religion in his day was just fixated on emotive, dramatic, manipulative fanfare. Woe is me! Answer our prayers! Why won't God answer our prayers? Bring your justice! They would, you know, like, that seems to be what he was responding to. They would deny themselves food. Uh, as part of this spiritual discipline called fasting that just about every culture practiced some form of over the millennia. Uh, and they, it, the Jewish uh, people would even put on food bags, uh, sackcloths, and cover themselves in ashes as part of this holy pageantry of lament and wailing and bringing their pain before God. It's forcing God to look at... Injustice, pain, loneliness, alienation, sin—whatever it is—and responding, well, hopefully. Uh, now, you know, all, all this is is important, good stuff. It's, it's not hollow religion. Um, <laughs> I, I really bristle at. Using religion as some sort of bad word. That's not what this is going on here. It's not vanity by default. You know, just because you're doing a public religious performative thing doesn't make it wrong. We humans need ways to bodily uphold the sacred, to grieve together, and to call on the divine to be born afresh in our day. Rituals and disciplines are all... It's the only way we can do it, (laughs) you know? We don't have choices. We have bodies. We're social creatures. We got to do things together. We create meaning together. That's a good thing. We can't not do this. We can't get out of religion. I'm spiritual but not religious. Sorry. That's a religious sentiment. We create meaning together. But what happens? What happens? When we're doing all this, but we're not tending to the sacred web of life and belonging around us? What happens when we're not tending to the health of our neighborhoods and our watersheds? What happens when business owners, let's say, are hustling their workers out of a living wage? Like Isaiah seems to be saying. Hmm, sounds familiar. (laughs) Or when the rich are taking acre after acre of land from the poor and forcing them to work it. And then what happens when those same people come to Yahweh, their triumphant God, saying, Bring about justice, O oh God of justice, renew our neighborhood? What happens when those people who are stiffen their workers call on the God of justice? <laughs> With sackcloth and ashes. Isaiah says that his God, Yahweh, is just about ready to dropkick all of it. It's like Yahweh is saying, I see through your bullshit. I don't care about you putting ash on your head when you have blood on your hands. Get off your high horse, and help me heal. Your pageantry is nothing without action. I'm not looking for sycophants. I'm looking for a body. I'm looking for a partner. Get down from that cross. We need the wood. <laughs> See, here's the thing. Prayer without action is blasphemy. Prayer for justice while withholding justice is hypocrisy. Prayer without embodiment is atheism. See, for many uh, soulful, spiritual, religious people these days, and back then too, across humanity, (laughs) uh, it seems there's this peculiar assumption that prayer is like a genie bottle, which makes God like a genie. Um, You'll get something for nothing, there's this notion of, of gift or, or grace that doesn't assume that grace or gift may take something or call something or ask something from us. You know, it is all a gift, like I'm fond of saying, and gifts talk back, you know, they, they settle in with us, and if we are to truly receive them, they change us. So yeah, there's this temptation. We we ask for God to give, but we don't want to take responsibility. We want to take, but not take responsibility. It puts the divine far up and out there. We're all we're and we are all buffered by our prayers. Let go and let God just trust God's plan. Don't try to earn your salvation. <laughs> uh just pray and believe. Now there's a time for that, and I've spent much of this podcast arguing against um, uh, anxious control of outcomes in the name of religion. But we can't let that be a dodging of responsibility. We can't let there be a dodging of our humanity. When we let go of control... We are embracing our humanity at times, and there are other times when we must get off our butts and do things, and that's also deepening our humanity. So anyway, um, got off script there. Uh, yeah, the, the worst thing is is what's happening here. We assume that all God asks of us is our religious pageantry. All God asks for me is to be a good Christian. And so all kinds of church things are about making good Christians, goes the logic. Here's the thing. God doesn't want good Christians. God wants fully alive humans. God doesn't want tribal tidiness or religious excellence. God wants good neighbors. God doesn't want eloquent words. God wants a body. The Holy One wants a body. So that's how prayer and all sacred practices work, because that's how God works. That's how being human works as well. We pray for it, and then we, as one activist says, become the answer to our prayers. God, in response to our prayers, echoes what one ancient text says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in the power of your hands to do so. Yahweh, I I guess, as I think about this um, Isaiah passage, doesn't really care about pious self-denial. Unless... It's about enriching the wider ecosystem of love and care in your neighborhood and watershed. Self-denial has got to be about justice. That's the fast that God, the Divine, the Holy One has asked of us. It's got to be about right-making, forsaking excess. The kind of fast the Holy One wants is to fast from our false self. A time of focus, of Escaping the illusions of the false self. from To fast from um, knowing others as things instead of gifts. Real religion, you know, isn't something that we just passively wait on. It's not a spectator sport. There's no pews, I mean bleachers, around the field. It's a full contact game. We don't just watch God do magic tricks like a genie. We join God... We join the God whose Spirit is poured out upon all flesh to heal the world. The no that comes in our self-denial in, as we enter Lent, it, perhaps in fasting, has got to be grounded in a deeper yes to shalom. It's got to be grounded in the non-denial of the other. I'm denying the false self in me so I can learn how to stop denying others. We deny our false self in order to learn how to stop denying our neighbor, to stop denying the divine life that permeates and longs to harmonize all things. Spirit is looking for a body. Creator is looking for co-creator. We are called to be partakers of the divine nature. (laughs) It's a dazzling reality. We are beloved. We are partakers of the divine nature, answered of prayers, rebuilders of cities, healers of the world. This unbelievable mystery of our belonging in the divine life (laughs) could be such an invitation to ego, to this inflation, it could just feed the false self. Um, you know that i I guess that's why the early Jesus movement spent so much time talking about learning how to take ourselves less seriously in order to take our divine destiny more seriously. We spent time teaching us how to and talking about how to carry the instruments of our mortality if we're going to do anything immortal in this world. We've got to pick up our cross and follow the truly human one. Because you see, we are, we are higher primates, but we are higher primates that are invited astonishingly to the breaking of cycles of competition and violence. We are apes ascendant, but we're still apes. <laughs> so today on Ash Wednesday, with the radiance of our own inbreaking transfiguration at our backs, Many of us in the Jesus tradition will gather to be reminded, You are dust human, and to dust you shall return. May your week ahead be filled with curiosity and wonder, gratitude and laughter, courage and presence. And may the peace of Christ be with you.